Well, hello, everyone. My name is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky nestled in the tall timbers of Colorado. Thank you for joining us today. It is Thursday, June 22nd, 2023, and I'm delighted to have my good friend and colleague Shane, a technology expert, back on again. He's been on several times, and today we're going to talk about artificial intelligence, where no man has gone before. Let me mention a couple of quick announcements before we dive into our topic. Uh, we're already almost all the way through the week. Hard to believe how fast this week has gone, but uh, if you haven't had a chance yet, go back and check out Monday's podcast on Power, Signs, and Lying Wonders. Tuesday, of course, was Prophecy Night. We talked about a lot of the evil people doing evil things and how Satan is using that to further his uh, New World Order agenda. Yesterday, we, it was Wednesday, so that meant World Events Update with Randy, and he talked about a lot of things uh, happening out there in the realm of China and Russia and other uh, things with Taiwan. Uh, so we want to encourage you to check that out and always, uh, of course, run everything you hear through the grid of Scripture and, and see how it might be setting the stage for the coming uh, of uh, our Lord. Now, I want to start today with a little encouraging note that I got in the mail. Uh, just yesterday. And it's from a, a man who I've never met, but I've become sort of a pen pal with him because uh, he lives in Danbury, Connecticut. And I grew up in Danbury, Connecticut. Almost all of my grade school years were in uh, Danbury and New Fairfield, Connecticut. Just a wonderful uh, man. His name is Pat. And he sent me this note and he said, uh, Dear JB, just wanted to wish you a happy and blessed Father's Day, and encourage you in your work. Now, I don't think this uh, gentleman, who I've talked to a few times, uh, listens to podcasts or does much with technology. I could be wrong, but I don't think he was aware of some of the attacks that we've faced just in terms of the flooding of our basement and the, the, you know, the, the breaking of our uh, fiber optic lines on the property here and things like that. Uh, so I think he just, the Lord put this on his heart to, to send it to me. And, and he, in his note, he included a portion of a, a poem by Ella Wheeler Wilcox. Now, she, of course, was not, as far as we know, not a believer and certainly into some pretty dark stuff. But he, he used this poem to then segue with some helpful encouragement. So let me just read this for you as we begin today. And the poem goes like this. One ship drives east and another west with the selfsame winds that blow. Tis the set of the sails and not the gales, which tells us the way to go. Like the winds of the sea are the ways of fate as we voyage along through life. Tis the set of the soul that decides the goal and not the calm or the strife. And then my friend Pat commented, Dr. David Reagan commented that, quote, many seem to have decided that the only way they can go in life is the way the wind is blowing. Today, he said the wind is blowing towards immorality and violence and disrespect for the sanctity of life, propelling people to call evil good and good evil. Unfortunately, there are many Christians who have decided to set their sails to go with the wind and not against it. Another commentator, uh, according to my friend, uh, put it this way, Jesus went against the wind, and it meant he ended up on a cross. I think that's what we're afraid of, a cross. No one wants to be crucified. So we set our sails the easy way. Many have decided they want Christ, but not the cross. It is a contradiction. The cross is the very heart of Christianity. So my friend concluded, it was very short, though, that's all he said, with just the words, keep going against 
uh, the wind. And certainly that's what we're uh, doing. And we want to encourage folks uh, as we uh, start today, uh, walk by faith. You know, we, we talk about some discouraging things sometimes as the stage is being set. You can't help it. I mean, the devil is alive and well. He's working hard to prepare the way for the uh, end times plan and his attempt to take over the world. Uh, he's working hand in puppet with some Luciferian accomplices on earth, human beings, as well as the dark spiritual uh, world, the uh, the evil spirits and celestial beings that are fallen and, and working at uh, his behest. And a big part of his agenda is technology. And that's why I wanted to have uh, Shane on. Again, we're calling this artificial intelligence where no man has gone before. That phrase uh, some of you may be uh, familiar with, especially if you're a Star Trek fan, because that comes from the opening monologue that uh, Captain James T. Kirk would say at the beginning of each episode, of course, spoken by William Shatner. And it goes like this, space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. And uh, Shane, I think that's what uh, we're dealing, looking at here with AI and dealing with with technology today. We're going places that mankind has uh, has really never been able to go before, and I think it's setting the stage for the full spectrum planetary control grid that will be headed up by the Antichrist and false prophets. So, can't wait to talk today and hear what you have to say. Give us some updates on technology. Welcome back to the program, Shane. Well, thanks. Great, great to be here. So let's start with a quick update on embodiment. We talked about that last week. Embodiment, of course, means taking uh, robotics, uh, you know, robots, as we commonly call them, and, and, and putting inside them these, uh, these uh, large language model AI systems so that they can, you know, look very much like human beings and respond to language. So uh, any updates from since we last talked? Yeah, now this is going to get a little bit um, dark in a way. Um, unfortunately, I think everything I have today is a little bit like that. <laughs> but there are, uh, well, let me start off with this. Uh, there's a TV series, I am not recommending it uh, to anybody, uh, called Black Mirror. And in one of the episodes, there is a, a young couple, um, and the um, the husband dies, uh, the, the man dies. And his grieving widow later learns of a company, fictional company, that um, if you send them pictures and audio and things of that nature, they will create a lifelike Android replica of your lost loved one, including matching their voice, you know, so it sounds like them. And because you provided other information, letters they wrote, social media, whatever it was, um, the the um, the AI inside of the Android acts like your loved one. It sounds like your loved one. Um, and then, of course, physically, it looks like your loved one that you um, are, are missing. And so uh, it was a, an unusual episode when I saw it a, a, a few years ago. And at that time, though, it was, okay, I could see this happening one day. But that's 10, 15, 20, 30 years out. Um, but with the lightning speed that we've talked about in past shows of the, the progress of AI, there are 
a number of companies right now trying to create this space, this market space that doesn't exist yet, um, where you can send the company. Um, you know, typically it's it's going to be writings and sound, you know, audio, uh, video, things like that of your loved one, and they will recreate that person uh, training a large language model with the writings. Um, and, and I'm sure there's other information you provide the company so that the AI knows how the person in question might act. And then with the uh, addition of the very realistic voices that AI can create, where they can clone somebody's voice, you couple that along with the companies that will have products out in the next less than a year, probably, um, relatively lifelike androids as far as the movement, right? They're battery powered. They look kind of like us. They move around. So, as soon as you add that ability to look like that, that loved one, which isn't that far off, we are going to be dealing with um, people who are no longer with us and they're dead. But at, with, with varying levels of, of reproduction, we'll still be able to, quote, interact mm. end quote, with that, yeah. that lost person. We're entering into a science fiction time. We absolutely are. I talked on a previous episode. It might have been one of my interviews with you about a company out there called Science AI or Seance AI. Sorry, Seance AI. I think that was the name of it. But same idea that you can you can have a conversation with your uh, you know dead uh, loved one. So we are really. Uh, you know, I said this so many times, but we're crossing the Rubicon of reality so that you you don't you're not going to be able to tell what is real and what's not. And of course, this idea of that you were just describing of bringing back your loved one, that's really at the core of Satan's agenda, transhumanism. He wants to create life and overcome death. You go all the way back to the garden, that's what he told Eve, you shall not surely die. He wants to let people think that they that there's no consequence for sin and that they can conquer uh, death uh, some other way outside of Christ. But of course, Jesus is the only one who conquered death, and death is that final enemy that was defeated. As I think about you know, these types of things that we're talking about, I can't help but think of David's word in words in Psalm 52. He opens the psalm this way, why do you boast in evil, O mighty man? <laughs> the goodness yep. of God endures continually. Why do you boast in evil, O mighty man? The goodness of God endures continually. It's only God who is eternal, and only those who have received new life in Christ through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ that will live eternally in heaven. The rest, if you reject the free gift of eternal life by grace through faith, you will spend eternity along with Satan, his fallen angels, the beast, the false prophet, and any and all unbelievers in a literal place of torment called hell. Remember, Jesus said, uh, you know, that the, the lake of fire is prepared for the devil and his uh, angels. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, this is this is the kind of stuff that uh, that we see happening uh, all around us. Now, uh, one of the things that you left us with last week, and we talked quite a bit about, and then you and I talked offline about it, is the impact of artificial intelligence on the job market. Uh, what yeah. is the latest there? Well, those job losses continue. Um, it's uh, in some cases, it's 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 relatively. Uh, uh, shallow as far as the the rate of adoption, 
Um, but something that that really hit close to home is um, I have a uh, family member who works in um, not your traditional call center, but it's a call center for a um, for a company where uh, the customers call in and and they strive to provide just the the, the best service. It really is a, a a cut above most call centers. And I've been talking to this family member saying that AI is coming. Uh, what we have with large language models and the ability to give these models a uh, human sounding voice is going to cause job losses. And I was thinking it was a couple of years out. Um, and so that, you know, she, she needs to prepare for, for these changes that are inevitable. Um, just yesterday, I came across a release on a company, AI company, who is marketing what I'm calling a call center in a box where they believe they have a model that is uh, not only powerful enough, but also safe enough in that it doesn't hallucinate as much. It doesn't come up with wrong answers that it very authoritatively will present. That um, they are guessing they can, in many cases, replace the humans working in a call center, um, at least a significant percentage of them, and the humans would be an escalation for the AI. To, to hand off a, a bigger problem with. Um, but this, this acceleration is really stunning. Like I said, in, in this case, I was thinking that particular uh, segment probably had a good couple of years left in it before it started experiencing job loss because of the concerns with the capability of the technology. You can't get this wrong, right? When you're, uh, when you're running a, a place like that, you have to make sure your answers are correct. But apparently, uh, this company has a product that initial reviews seem to indicate it is solid enough. It is capable enough to significantly replace the number of people you need in a call center. My guess is, um, as companies start adopting this very soon, we will rapidly, in, in maybe less than a year time in places like that, see at least an 80, if not a 90% job loss. And in many cases where the information isn't quite as critical, 100% job loss. Mm. 100% we will be uh, talking with an AI system. Yeah, we talked last night at Prophecy Night or uh, Tuesday night at Prophecy Night about, you know, what can we do to help our children and grandchildren think ahead, assuming the Lord doesn't come back soon, which I believe he's going to. I just believe we're right on the the verge, but we don't know. So we we it's his 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 timetable, not ours. So if his delay is if his return is delayed, we've got to continue functioning in this rapidly deteriorating world. But someone asked, you know, what can we tell our children and grandchildren? And someone had a good answer to that, and that is, you know, encourage them to get into some of the skilled jobs like you know plumbers and electricians and things that you know where where you really have to have someone come over to your house and sort of diagnose the problem. We've had a parade of people at our property the last few days dealing with all of this flooding and, and the subsequent problems that it has uh, caused. And I know that, you know, at the macro level, obviously AI can handle a lot of that, you know, uh, but there's still going to be a need, I think, for hands-on, you know, laborers like that. Do, do you think? Yeah, that, so in, you know, I've got, I've got kids who are, uh, just starting their career, some are about to go into the job market. And so, you know, to them, I, I'm, I'm a broken record here. 
I've been saying for years and years, you have to look uh, at whatever it is you, you're interested in doing and understand that AI will more than likely make its way into that market. And so how can you work alongside the machine? And if you don't come up with reasonable uh, ideas on how in a given type of job, a different uh, particular career, how you can work alongside the machine, you should probably keep looking. Yeah. Uh, we're, because we're going to have, especially on the white collar side, um, radical job loss in the coming years. Yeah. And when I say coming years, again, I'm not talking 10 years out, 20 years out. Some of the the predictions that we probably would have made uh, not that long ago before 2017. Um, the, um, we, you know, th those timeframes were much further out. Now we are looking at just a few years. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about how artificial intelligence is going where no man has gone before. You know, we've talked in previous interviews with you about how in the medical world, AI has been able to uh, solve problems and diagnose diseases uh, in ways that would have been impossible before. I saw an article. And by the way, I've got a whole list of articles that I when in my research that I uh, bookmark and then I save in various folders, depending on whether it was an email newsletter I subscribed to or a web link or something. And then I use those when I'm working on my my book, my forthcoming book uh, on Spirit of the False Prophet, Hacking and Tracking Humanity. But then I saw this article on Fox News that uh, someone sent me that talks about how AI was able to find and really solve these, you know, mysterious uh, what they call geoglyphs or impressions in the ground. In this case, it was in Peru, in the Peruvian desert, uh, that you know have confounded researchers uh, for centuries. So, so you've got AI really, you know, treading in areas that you know that that are beyond the limits of human you know, intelligence, I guess is the only way, and it's the only way to say that. And of course, if you understand the world the way we do as biblicists and those who understand the cosmic struggle between God and Satan that, that is raging and spilling over into the realm of time, space, and matter, that should concern you because although we can use technology to solve legitimate problems, the enemy can can use technology to further his cause as well. Is that right? Absolutely. Uh, one thing going back to the article you're talking about on the Nazca lines is uh, those petroglyphs in the Nazca desert in Peru um, using AI that is much more sensitive to subtle differences in, in shading and color than the human eye is are able to, in this case, find those uh, ancient drawings uh, that, that were made, these giant uh, as you said, petroglyphs in the desert. Well, uh, geoglyphs, yeah. Petroglyphs sorry, being yeah, rocks. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm sorry, yeah, uh, geoglyphs. Um, and I, I was too concentrated on the technology there. I apologize. <laughs> um, the, what's interesting is that same type of artificial intelligence, um, probably four, maybe five years ago, demonstrated that when it comes to oncology, an AI is better at detecting cancer from the imaging test than a human is. The AI literally went up against uh, what, in, in the types of cancer they looked at at least, the best oncologist in the world, the very best. And it decidedly 
uh, it being the AI, decidedly turned into better performance than the humans. Hmm. So, so that same type of, of AI system could be used for great things in medical. Um, it's being used in archaeology. Um, but yeah, it's um, it, it, it's just a radical um, expansion of the use of AI. You know, certain types of AI, like I said, this has been used in medical for a while. But, uh, it, you know, now we're, we're using that same basic technology to do things like uh, archaeology. Um, I expect that we will use it in engineering to assess the structures around us. Could be a bridge, could be a building, things like that. And the AI, along with some other sensing capabilities, not just not just visual, um, might be able to find structural problems well before a human uh, would find it. Yeah, I mean, and what's fascinating about these this report from uh, Peru is the, you know these kind of uh, I guess designs you would call them in the earth are found all over the place. Uh, and of course, many uh, prophetic experts and people that study Bible prophecy have suggested these are, uh, you know, indications of demonic or evil spirit uh, presence uh, that come in the form of UFOs. What what ufologists would call, you know, alien spacecraft. We know that's not what they are. They're dimensional, demonic, um, and be imprints. But now, because of this technology, we're able to find much, much more of them. It's just not. You know, I mean, there were already hundreds of them all over, but, you know, the evidence now is going to become even more overwhelming that something's going on. Now, of course, you know, there's different opinions on what these really are. Some people think they're uh, ancient civilizations were were creating them in the earth as a as a means of appeasing the gods that they looked, you know, at in the sky through the stars, you know, the Greek and, and Roman mythology and so forth. And so it was a way to kind of somehow communicate to them but whatever they are we're now finding more of them thanks sure. to the use of ai absolutely and so again when you start talking about the application of ai using other technologies um in the area of archaeology something that transformed archaeology was lidar um and 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 other types of uh, radar systems um being able to penetrate the ground and find interesting um structures that you can't see with the eye right because it's underground um so what happens when we start taking the imaging from planes that are using ground penetrating radar and start feeding that data into ai systems uh we could see an absolute explosion of of ancient ruins like that ancient mm. um structures um you, you know they say that when you go to the uh, amazon um, there's much more still buried within the jungles of the Amazon than we've discovered thus far. Hmm. And by the way, um, you know, using things like ground penetrating radar, a number of these archaeological finds uh, have been made in the you know the past number of decades. Um, now we again, because it's so much more sensitive because of the capabilities of AI, who knows what we're going to find that we simply couldn't see before because a human had to interpret the results. Yeah. Well, and, you know, again, talking about where no man has gone before, you mentioned that uh, that horrible show that you you said don't watch because it's not it's anything anybody should watch. But one of the premises of that show was that you could bring your dead person back to life through the form of embodied AI. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the headlines that caught my eye was how celebrities are – 
cashing in on selling AI versions of themselves. They're basically monetizing their AI clones. And yeah. um, I mean, I don't know what to think about that. Uh, it's just, you know, again, you're you're creating a scenario that's right out of the book of Revelation where you're not going to be able to tell the difference between the beast and the image of the beast, between humanity and, you know, false humanity, hybrids or, you know, biodigital created beings that look human, uh, but they're not. And and that's what, you know, the World Economic Forum and, and Yuval Noah Harari and, and many of these others have been uh, been talking about at length for the last couple of years, uh, right out in the open, is that it's the end of humanity. We want to get rid of humanity, which is made in God's image, and do better. And of course, uh, that's all you know, in the eye of the uh, of the beholder. Um, but another, you talked about how fast things are moving, uh, and we've talked about that a lot. But you, you know, you continue to be really amazed at at just the speed that these things are being rolled out. It's everywhere in the news. And I saw another headline where Joe Biden had a meeting with top tech leaders to talk about AI regulation. And I've mentioned uh, before, you know, the three H's: honesty, uh, helpfulness. And um, harmlessness, I guess, were the three. Uh, you know, can you regulate AI, or is the genie already out of the box? Uh, the the genie's not only out of the bottle; he's on a different continent. Um, <laughs> there, there is there is zero, and I mean this: there is zero percent chance of uh, AI being even slowed down, let alone stopped. Um, and we we can't at this point. Uh, for example, let's say somehow the United States put a six-month pause, a one-year pause on AI development so that the legislators and, and others could come together and create the laws and, and everything we need to make this a, a safe thing and something that will serve humankind. Um, we lost that battle probably 10 years ago, mm. um, at least 10 years ago. Uh, the reason why is, do you think the Chinese and other first world countries like that, um, will they put their AI systems, their programs on pause, or are they going to continue to develop it and just get that much further ahead than everybody else yeah. who agrees to, to the moratorium? Um, there, there's 0% chance of that happening. Um, even... Um, you know, recently, and I don't know, this is this might have been a month or two ago, um, Elon Musk called for, a, I believe it was a six-month um, halt on AI development. And so many people interpreted that as, oh, he's a good guy. He's looking out for us. He understands the danger. Um, it's not. That's not That's not the case at all. No. Uh, he, just, he, he was hoping to buy some time to, to further his own AI uh, programs. Um, there, there's... Whoever it comes from, I don't care if it's the president or somebody like Musk, uh, there's no chance of of AI development being halted. Um, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And 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 Musk, you know, I, I keep saying he's a despicable human being. He needs Jesus. Uh, he mm -hmm. just uh, he's not uh, someone that we want to align ourselves with. But it goes back to something we talked about some time ago on this very podcast, and that is whether AI is akin to the printing press or the atom bomb. And, and really what you just described is the new arms race, right? So you can't, yes. 
you, know, you you can't pause it because it's got so many implications, you know, for example, literally in warfare. I mean, that's a huge part of AI right now. I wrote an article about that just a couple of weeks ago, uh, but it's it's something that the the evil people that are that are involved in pulling the strings of trying to usher in this one world system, this new world order, they're not about to press pause and 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 they're not the least bit concerned with the collateral damage that this technology creates any more than they were concerned about biological collateral damage or chemical collateral damage. You know, in my book, uh, Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2, goes into all kinds of examples of how the government through the years has uh, just with, you know, impunity just killed people right and left and doesn't even think twice about it. And that's why whenever I come across people who aren't quite awake to the reality of the way the world has really uh, worked, especially in the last hundred years in America. And they say things like, oh, the government would never kill 2000 people. Or the government would never kill 3000 people. I just have to really bite my tongue to keep from chuckling out loud because that's, that's an appetizer for them. You know, 3000 yeah. people that's, that's, they do that. And then to go, you know, go, uh, you know, pass the popcorn, you know, what's next. They don't, they don't even care about that. And so, uh, you know, Satan loves death. We know that. And, and, and his co-conspirators on earth love death um, uh, as well. But, uh, you know, we're not going to be able to regulate it. We're not going to be able to protect, you know, the, the bad side from it. It doesn't mean that, as you've said, uh, and, and it's very well put, technology in and of itself is amoral. It's not you know, good or bad. It's what you do with it. And so just because we can use technology for some positive, helpful advancements doesn't mean that the enemy's, you know, not out there using it very, very nefariously for, for his agenda. Oh, the, the enemy's definitely using it. Just think about the internet. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, the same internet that carries not by works to people can also carry porn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it, the, the enemy has been exploiting technology for a long, long time. Yeah, it's uh, it's an information superhighway with no uh, state troopers along the side of the road to patrol it. You know, that's the absolutely point. just 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 the corrupt fact checkers. That's all that uh, yeah. exists. Yeah. And speaking of that, uh, I had another article that I thought was uh, quite uh, interesting. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, yeah. Barack Obama proposes, quote, digital fingerprints to discern true news from misleading news. Well, I mean, you know, if anybody buys that, you know, I've got some oceanfront property in Arizona. I'd love to to sell you. Um, it, it's there's just it's no question that we've already seen, you know, the the whole fake news uh, explosion where where you know you on your social media page or on a website or you go to a website like Snopes or Politico or some of these others and and they say oh nothing to worry about here this is all you know this is this is false or this is fake news or and and so many people buy it hook line and sinker and so i think this is just the next phase of that don't you absolutely this this is a application of a digital id and it it represents a level of attack on free speech that, if it comes to pass, um, we've not seen in this country before. We will literally, with the digital IDs and systems, including things like Facebook and and uh, uh, the comment section on on the you know whatever news um, 
sorry about that. Hold on just one second. Let me. Thought I had my thing muted. I was afraid I lost you there for a second. And uh, yeah, now it's my. Um, I wasn't looking at the screen. I was looking at uh, okay. my notes, and I thought, "Man, did the rapture just happen?" But I, I was, I was pretty sure it didn't because I was still here. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, I, uh, I muted muted uh, one sound source, but apparently not the phone ringing. Um, so I'm sorry. Where were we on? <laughs> so we're we're just talking about oh, the, the digital ID. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So. Um, so do you, do you want to introduce that again for editing purposes? Introduce no, no, this is no, no, no. We're this is raw. Okay. This is real deal. We don't edit okay. anything out uh, unless okay. you know, unless I say something stupid, uh, okay. which you know is entirely possible. But uh, okay, but but you you let me talk stupid all day yeah. long. Yeah, of course. You know, um, it just makes the host look better when the, when the yeah, guests absolutely. get to turn their phone off or whatever it was. Actually, I didn't even hear it. I'm so deaf, I can't hear background noise. So. Uh, so anyway, yeah, you were just talking about, you know, a the uh, the whole uh, digital uh, footprint and, uh, you know, digital uh, IDs, I guess it was. Yeah. So the this this plan that um, Obama has apparently proposed or endorsed to where we would control disinformation, which should should make everybody's blood turn cold when they hear that kind of word, that kind of phrase, <laughs> um, so that only those people that the government approves can deliver news, can deliver opinions. Uh, that will come to every single system that we interact with on a regular basis. Uh, you know, not only things like news sites, but social media. Um, not that we don't already see things like uh, Facebook and, and Twitter and so forth, controlling people's speech, right? If you say the wrong thing, talk about the, the wrong topic, uh, they'll, they'll blacklist you, but we're gonna prevent with this kind of technology uh, people that don't have opinions that support the government's narrative, not even having access to these systems, these sites. Yeah, I did a podcast with John Loeffler last week on thought control and the end of free speech that he did an excellent job of kind of tracing how he got to this point. And of course, it's all uh, by design. But, you know, the reason that we we have you on, Shane, and the reason we talk about technology a lot is that, you know, this is part of the setting of the stage for the coming antichrist and false prophet when they're going to you know roll out this planetary control grid and you know we're already seeing it in so many ways in fact honestly i believe that the technology is already there they're just waiting to turn the key or push the button or whatever metaphor you want to use but i saw another headline about how amazon shut a man out of his own smart home because they heard him talking, you know, using racist uh, comments and stuff. So again, you talk about Big Brother. That is literally right out of Orwell's dystopian uh, world, where you know they can hear you, Alexa or Siri or you know whoever it is can hear you talking. The next thing you know, you can't get back into your house. You know. Yeah. The, you know what's what's interesting, and, and you bring up Orwell. I actually have a. The uh, Big Brother is watching you poster here to my right um, on the on the wall there, but um, we have moved so far beyond what Orwell envisioned. Um, I I assure you, there's no way he could have uh, grasped what we consider ordinary today. Not just you know that that, that general. Uh, aspect of technology 
but that ability to use technology and, and that people are, are, are willing to go along with this kind of behavior, um, you know, levels of tyranny from the government, um, Orwell would not have a slot to put this in. Um, honestly, 1984's kind of a childish view of what we're looking at right now. Yeah. Um, technology and so forth is so far beyond anything he could have envisioned. Yeah, and I, I want to encourage folks to resist the urge to think, uh, you know, linearly, or, or I guess a better word would be like a, a silo in terms of how you view this technology and what you see as the dangers. Because as I interact with other prophecy experts and you know listeners and callers and so forth, you know people tend to hang up, get hung up about one aspect of it. Like, oh, the technology is going to be what they use to do the fake alien invasion, and that's what's going to explain the rapture. Or the technology is going to be what they use for the mark of the beast. Or the technology is going to be this. I think it's it's much broader than all that. It's not any Absolutely. one thing. It's the it's it's technology is going to be the means of essentially fighting the battle uh, of Armageddon when it comes to it. Uh, I saw one article. This is in the Western Journal. Um, and let me see if I can get to the. I was already scrolling down on it, but this is AI program is pretending to be Jesus, and thousands of lost young people are flocking to it. I mean, this is straight out of the Olivet Discourse and what Jesus warned about when he said, you know, many will say in that day, here's the Christ, there's the Christ, don't believe it. Uh, and and so this says, uh, a chat bot referred to as AI Jesus appears as a bearded white man with a radiant halo and uses AI, uh, uh, you know, reportedly trained on the teachings of Jesus and the Bible. And so 36,000, let me see the date on this. This is from June 15th. So what's that? Seven days ago. And, uh, but already 36,000 uh, people have signed up for it and they can ask it all kinds of questions about relationships. And these kids really think they're talking to the equivalent of Jesus. In some cases, they may actually be so mind controlled and, and deceived that they think it's actually Jesus. But I think for young people, they don't really differentiate between the real Jesus who died and rose again for their sins and the AI Jesus. And in fact, if anything, they think the AI Jesus is better. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. this is what's happening. So let me let me just say this. You know, right now, um, when it when we talk about things like the AI Jesus, uh, this is a little bit more of a uh, oddity. Um, you know, it's something that's interesting, but at some point in the not too distant future, and, and this is publicly called for by, by, uh, uh certain people, uh, who I won't name right now, um, that we will use AI to create the one true religion, mm -hmm. um, that, that universally true religion. And once it gets that kind of, uh, formal acceptance, which I don't think is going to take that long. I really think we're talking just a few years here. Um, we are going to see a significant percentage of the population um, worshiping a different God, mm. worshiping a false Jesus. It is absolutely coming. Uh, right now, we're in that curiosity phase, but I think it's going to become mainstream way too soon. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, we, we've been 
talking all about it, how, you know, they're, they're going to use AI to do away with the jobs, to just to, to infiltrate every aspect of life, your homes, your, your minds with a, you know, a BCI brain computer uh, interfaces. Um, you know, you talked about embodiment at the outset, we were kind of giving an update on that. And I saw one article where a company called 11 labs has got $19 million invested in creating synthetic voices so that you're not going to be able to tell the difference between the real, uh, the, the person's real voice and something uh, that is imitating it. And and by the way, that type of technology has been around for a long time. It's just becoming much easier uh you know, to do it. Um, I want to shift in the time we have left to talking about a subject that is, you know, as you said at the outset, pretty dark and uh, pretty uncomfortable for people to think about. But I want you to, I want to get some of your thoughts on the relationship between technology, specifically AI, and the spiritual realm. To what extent can artificial intelligence uh, interact with, control, hold sway over the demonic realm and the evil spirits. I guess maybe to ask it another way, is it possible for non-human entities, and and you know we'll just call them evil spirits, to take control of technology and you know and and work in tandem with them to help further Satan's New World Order agenda? Absolutely. Um, I can't talk about it just yet. Um, I'm, I'm probably two to four weeks, maybe a little bit longer, uh, before I'm going to be ready to uh, discuss this. But um, I have heard a, a number of times um, that some earlier AI systems, chat systems, uh, could be manipulated by spirits. And the audience that is saying this um, believes that they are able to contact the dead um, and talk with spirits and other spirit beings, not just dead humans, but angels, demons, and so forth. And um, and so they had um, ascribed certain supernatural abilities to some much earlier chatbots, uh, not, not anything at the level we have today. And... And I didn't find those arguments convincing. I went and looked at the uh, the applications and what they weren't familiar with, with just how AI can operate at times, at least. They were attributing that to, um, to spirits. But I've become aware of a few apps uh, that have come out in the last number of years. Some are actually very new um, that allow you to use your, your cell phone as a tool, as a vehicle by which you can communicate with um, with spirit beings, you know, and I'm just using their language. Um, you and I both know, you know, what people are really communicating with. And so some of the, um, one of them that's really interesting to me um, is an a application that is configured in a way, and I'll go into it in more detail if, if this checks out down the road. Um, allows the spirits to send messages, words, uh, describing a picture they want to produce. Uh, the application that takes those words that it collects from the spirit and sends it to a generative AI system that produces pictures. And let me say that uh, some of, I've been 
playing with this now for a few days, some of what's come back is not only disturbing, but I think there could be some truth to the claims. Um, there's still some things that the program doesn't do from a testing standpoint, so that's why I'm not willing to say uh, that that what they're saying is happening is what what is actually happening. But yeah, I, there's a there's a number of things um, that I'm looking at right now where it does look like uh, not only spirits can interact with technology, but that they can leverage something like AI to accomplish much more than they can based upon whatever limitations um, they're, they're currently underneath. So again, my view, and I, I just want to be clear on this, um, and I'm trying to avoid any sensationalism with it, but it's kind of hard with a with a topic like this. But um, you know, I don't view technology as as evil. It is um, it is just a tool, and it's like that analogy you've heard in the past. You know, the hammer can be used to build an orphanage or to smash somebody's head in. It's all about the intent of the of the person. So, you know, I don't view AI as as evil, as inherently bad, um, but do I think that it can be exploited by demons um, and, and other unclean spirits? Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, think, I think there's evidence for their ability to interact with electronics is, is very, very well established. Yeah, no question. Yeah, I want to come back to that here in a second in terms of the electronics and frequencies and those dimensional type things. And we could even get into portals. But, but you know, what I find is that believers, especially, you know, conservative Bible-believing Christians who who really value the Word of God, we, we tend to have a certain level of naivete when it comes to this stuff. And we, we like to compartmentalize things. In other words, we know, because it's it's absolutely explicitly clear in Scripture, that evil spirits can indwell unbelievers. You know, we've got the whole gospel accounts that talk about unclean spirits, evil spirits, and so forth. Um, we also know that th these evil spirits, as we read in the Old Testament, can be in involved in various uh, scenarios with God's people and so forth. They can't indwell God's people, but they certainly can oppress and attack and so forth. So we we get that aspect of it in terms of the relationship however foggy and hazy our our understanding of all that may be having not you know most people haven't really studied it at length but where people tend to have a blind spot is the reality of the interaction between the spirit realm and inanimate objects and i touched on this uh, some weeks ago on tuesday night in prophecy night when i talked about poltergeists and the uh, hitchhiker effect some of those things but you know, and we, of course, we talk about it when we talk about UFOs and UAPs and other paranormal and phenomenalistic type stuff in, in chapters, uh, I think it's uh, nine and 10 of uh, My Spirit of the Antichrist, volume two book. But it's one thing for an evil spirit or demonic spirit to kind of manifest as a cryptid or a, a UFO or something like that, so a, a ball of light, orbs, those types of things. But what we're talking about here is something different. We're talking about the spirit realm actually manipulating uh, matter. And yeah. just so that folks don't think that I'm completely going bonkers or, and that you aren't uh, either, you know, we have lots of examples in Scripture of this type of thing. I, I'm thinking of when Aaron and Moses confronted Pharaoh, um, and I think— uh, uh, on Monday's podcast with Lucas Doremus, he touched on this just briefly, but in, in Exodus chapter 7, 
the Lord spoke to Moses, verse 8, and Aaron, and said, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Show a miracle for yourselves, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and let it become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh, and they did so, just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Okay, no problem there. We understand that God can do these things. We, we understand God can move mountains. God is God. He can do anything. He spoke the world into existence. But read on. The very next verse says, But Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, so the magicians of Egypt, uh, they also did in like manner with their enchantments, for every man threw down his rod, and they became serpents. So here you have an inanimate object, a, a rod, that in some evil spirit enchantment becomes something else. And yeah. and so we're not, you know, you know, and by the way, in the story, as as uh, my guest on Monday pointed out, Aaron's rod swallowed up all the other rods so it just shows that god is more powerful god is 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 has control over even satan's minions but so that's what we're talking about here so if they can do that why can't they manipulate a cell phone or manipulate a smartphone or a, or a radio frequency or, or why can't they you know uh move things around in your house open drawers and jingle the the, the uh, flatware and and the f knives and forks and so forth right i mean do you yeah, see this as contradicting scripture in any way? No, not at all. Now, does it um, does it contradict folk theology? You know, just that that untested theology that we all have in, in different places doesn't mean it's right or wrong. Just you don't know why you believe it. Um, one of the folk theologies that's at least present in the West. I don't, I don't want to speak for other parts of the world, but in the West, those that even believe in the spiritual world seem to think that somehow it is less real than our world. <laughs> and I think that is so fundamentally wrong um, that it that it's almost laughable. Uh, first off, who says that uh, spirit beings, fallen or unfallen, don't use technology right now? Um, there, there, there's nothing to indicate that. As a matter of fact, I would argue, and this would be a, another whole show, it's, it's a huge topic, but um, I believe when you look at the technology advancements that we've had, that somehow humanity was given this insight, this technology from the spirit world, from the supernatural side of the house. So, so I think uh, not only can, uh, can, can spirit beings manipulate physical objects in our world, um, I think in many cases they gave us that technology. And, and in reality, um, I think the because they are a, uh, I believe they are dimensional beings. I think they're from a higher dimension than us. Um, so you could honestly make the argument that the spirit world is more real, more substantial than our world. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And, that, and, and that's what I've said many times is that when you see things heating up on Earth, which is where our attention is fixated, you know, we're worried about the CBDCs and the, the uh, Fed now and the, the red light cameras and the smart televisions and the smart washers. We're worried about all this stuff, and we should be. We should be aware of it. Uh, but what that simply indicates is that things are heating up even much worse in the unseen realm. And it's just kind of... Yes manifestation and bleeding over of the sign of uh, of the times but you know when we talk about the spirit realm i think people are afraid 
to admit that you know the both good the good guys and the bad guys you know call them angels and fallen angels or angels and demons or you know evil celestial entities and good celestial entities whatever you want to call them uh that you know they can both interact with uh, you know, physical matter. I mean, none of us really should have any problem accepting that if God chose to perform a supernatural miracle. And by the way, I did a message on this. It's been a while ago now. I think it was during my series on, uh, no, it was in my Acts series. So it's probably been about a year ago, but on the supernatural. But none of us would have a problem believing that if 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 your child runs out into the road, God could supernaturally pick that child up against the laws of physics and move him out of harm's way before he gets run over by a car, if God wanted to do that. And we've got examples of that. Angels being used by God to lift people out that are trapped under a car or, you know, those kinds of things. So if we believe that, why wouldn't we then understand that the the other side of this cosmic battle has similar powers? I mean, we see it in the passage I just read from uh, Exodus. We see other examples in, in, in throughout Scripture. And then, of course, we have anecdotal evidence, experiential evidence uh, throughout history that bad the bad guys, the bad unseen evil spirits, can manipulate things. So what this means, and this is why this is important, we, and I know I'm kind of uh, filibustering here, but I know you, you know me well enough to know that, you know, that's just me. But we tend to make, you know, Google or Big Brother or Facebook or, you know, all of this, the bad guy. And when we when we talk about how, you know, hey, I had a conversation the other day, we were just around the kitchen table and we were talking about some product. And the next thing I know, I go to my, you know, website, go to a website and an ad pops up for that very thing. Oh, they're listening. It must be Alexa. It must be Siri. Well, yeah, probably. But couldn't could there not also be a spiritual aspect to some of these things? Absolutely. I let, let me say this. This is a um area that I have a little bit of passion around in that over the years I've talked to, of course, a, a variety of people. And when this subject of can the supernatural world, the spirit world, interact with our material world and very specifically our technology, most people don't um don't receive it well. Um, typically, they 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 just mock it. And by the way, the people I'm talking about here are believers. You know, I expect the atheist in the technology world to to be hostile to it and and to uh, dismiss it. I'm talking about brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm. And here's the risk: when you have this view of the spirit world that it's at some level more limited than ours, um, it creates blind spots. We have so many brothers and sisters who, because of that presupposition concerning what spirit beings can and can't do, it creates blind spots, and they could very well be dealing with spiritual warfare, impacting the technology and, and other things, too, around them. Uh, maybe some things we wouldn't normally consider technology, uh, like you know, TV and radio. It's such an old technology that it's just part of the the fabric of our society. We don't even think of it as technology, but um, but they can, in fact, uh, influence all of those things. And it causes us to miss some of the schemes of the devil. So let's cut to the chase. What we're saying is that the next time your sound system messes up in church, 
it really could be a demon. I mean, that that's not just, I mean, it could be just, you know, a, a battery went dead or a, plug, a, a cable came unplugged. Yeah, of course. And we're not saying there's a demon behind every tree, but from a theological and logical standpoint, we could be dealing with evil spirits interrupting yeah. things, right? Absolutely. So just to tell a, a brief story, um, the uh, when you and I first met, the college uh, we were both at, um, my um, I, I was brought in to uh, shore up the technology department to to beef that up. And so there was a great guy, I'd known him for a long time, uh, who was working there in the technology department. And something that he would do is when we would have an issue, he would stop and pray. And at first I was going, okay, that's that's nice. I appreciate the prayer, but I'm going to go fix it right? This is a technical issue. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to fix it. And and sometimes that seemed to work, but there were a number of times we had different issues um, that were uh, not only uh, significant issues, you know, the timing of them was just terrible. Um, we couldn't figure it out, all the basic troubleshooting things and even some of the more advanced troubleshooting techniques weren't helping. They weren't solving the problem. And and I saw um, when we would start praying for these things, um, many times we weren't even, you know, we weren't even on the same floor as where the problem was. We would pray and suddenly things would start working. Hmm. Um, and, you know, in some of this technology I'm going to talk about, again, stuff we don't normally even consider technology. Uh, one time we were running network cabling and we had to go between floors. So we brought in a professional crew to cut four inch holes through the floors so that we could run cables through them and they couldn't get through. And we had class about to start and uh, it would, it would cost us because of their availability at least a week if they couldn't get through. Um, so again, we're not talking about anything that was super sophisticated. Um, and we prayed and in just seconds, um, where they were about to pull the plug on the project for that day and go get different equipment, it started working. Mm. I've seen not only stuff that, you know, is, is a is a tool like that, a, you know, and I'd consider that a type of technology. If we had to do that by hand, we'd consider it really great advanced technology to have. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, but I've seen it with 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 systems. I've seen it with network equipment um, where we would fall underneath spiritual attack and um, and the only thing that would get us going again was prayer. And from that that observational, that anecdotal side, I became aware of something that I think is very true, that um, it's not what happens that's interesting, but when it happens. Mm -hmm. um, typically, when we had any new uh, ministry endeavor, you know, there's a new program, uh, maybe a new co cohort starting, um, we would see spiritual attacks. And and while, you know, there's always that correlation doesn't equal causation, at some point when you ignore enough correlation, um, I wonder about you. Um, so, so, yeah, the spirit world can absolutely not only influence, but manipulate uh, the physical world, including our tools, our technology, things of that nature. 
Yeah, I mean, correlation doesn't equal causation, but correlation might equal causation, right? I mean, it doesn't automatically not have a connection. Uh, you know, it's kind of like just because I'm paranoid doesn't mean people actually aren't following me. You know, I mean, yeah, it's, so. it's, you know, something so like what you're doing, right? With the, uh, um, I might correlate that when I walk around without an umbrella in the rain, I get wet. Um, yeah. to, to ignore that at some point it makes me wonder about you, right? Right, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, and, and by the way, I've talked to a number of other Christians who've experienced similar things. I, if I'm brutally honest, since um, I started doing these podcasts with you, I have noticed much more spiritual warfare in my own home. Mm -hmm. um, can I prove it's because of the podcast? No, but it's because of the podcast. Yeah, I'm telling you, Shane, I, you know, I grew up in an environment that was largely unaware of all of this, you know, a very strictly, you know, conservative, uh, uh, I started to say legalistic, not that my family or home was legalistic, but in my younger formative years, we attended a lot of what would be considered legalistic churches, you know, um, mm -hmm. and we just never talked about this stuff and I never became aware of it. But I tell you what, in the, in the years, in the last 17 years, since I first really went down this rabbit hole, uh, sitting across from the table at a Chinese food buffet with you, uh, and you piqued my interest in all this stuff, and I've been studying it, you know, full bore for 17 years. I mean, boots on the ground research. I have become more and more aware of the presence, you know, like you said, of, of when these things happen, not just that they happen. And I jokingly said, to someone recently with all the little you know travails that we've been having here at uh, our home and at the not by works uh, you know property here uh well it must be time for my next book because you yeah. know i can document when spirit of the antichrist volume one came out and just after it came out and i was speaking at a conference you know promoting it and i came down with an acute attack of appendicitis on stage and ended up in the emergency room having emergency surgery that night when volume two came out, I broke my foot and broke my hand. And I mm. just had one thing after the other. And so, you know, again, it's like you said, can we prove it? It's not like it comes with a big sign or a voice from heaven, but it, you learn to be sensitive to the spiritual realm and, and we're in the throes of it. And in fact, you know, you've, you're, this discussion has really convicted me that uh, I want to stop and pray right now because you know, one of the ongoing issues we're having over the last week with this flooding is we've, we've had contractor after contractor out trying to locate the perimeter tile drain that comes around the foundation of our house. We're out in the country on a on a hill in a mountainous area, and uh, we just can't find it. And it is critical that we find it because it could be crushed. It could need to be cleaned out. It could be a key factor in, you know, why, you know, the, the flooding affected us. Now, we had several other homes in this region that were flooded. We know that it was an unprecedented uh, rain, but still, you can't begin to fix the inside until you fix, uh, you know, the outside. And so, uh, yes. so I just believe if we pray about it, you know, we'll we'll find that find that thing. So, um, so let me pray right now for that. And then we'll kind of wrap up our show too. Lord, I just thank you that we have the power of prayer that we can come boldly before the throne of grace to find grace and help in time of need. I thank you that you never chide us for coming again and again, asking for the same uh, pieces of wisdom that, you know, in a conventional sense, we might think we ought to know by now, but Lord, your door is always open. You welcome us with open arms and we come before you now 
just asking for you to help uh, my family and 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 our ministry here uh, solve this little pesky problem and be able to find uh, that daylight drain and so that we can uh, you know fix it and 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 make sure it's operational. And uh, Lord, I thank you so much that you have protected us in so many ways from the enemy's attacks. And Lord, there are people out there all across this globe, brothers and sisters in Christ, who are facing much much worse severe persecution and martyrdom. And so, in the grand scheme of things, it's really a a first world problem, but Lord, uh, nothing is too small for us to bring before you. And so uh, we just pray that you'd help us to solve this problem. And it's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. So Shane, uh, we definitely want to talk some more next time about technology and the spiritual realm and what uh, the connections there may or may not be. I know you said you're kind of researching some things that are pretty cutting edge in this regard uh, that you've come across. So we'll give you time to to flesh that out a little bit more. But in the meantime, any other uh, you know closing thoughts or th- anything that's on your radar in the realm of technology that you wanted to share? One one thing that struck me earlier when we were talking about the um, um, embodiment of AI and um, you know the the robotics and and uh, so forth, and how Satan is a counterfeiter. You know we talked about how uh, when God turned Aaron's rod into a serpent, um, Satan working through the Pharaoh's magicians uh, was able to counterfeit that. Um, this whole area of of bringing the dead back to life through AI. Um, and by the way, the place you should really watch for that, I think he's going to be the leader in that is, is uh, Facebook, is Meta, hmm. because we have given them so much of our data, not only in what I think, how I write, maybe even how I sound, uh, how I look, all of these things, we've given that data to them. And by the way, they are working on, on tools like this. Um, it is Satan's counterfeit. When you compare uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, um, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Um, What I kind of think is is present in these uh, tools, these systems that are being developed to bring back the dead, it is Satan's way of blunting, of trying to numb the sting of death. Mm. But instead of pointing to Jesus... It's going to point to anywhere place else but Jesus. So, um, so yeah, this is going to be a that's going to be a sneaky one. Um, I am fully expecting in the not too distant future, and by not too distant future, I'm talking a year or so, for there to be an option when you log into Facebook to um, um, begin a process of of a family member who has died for you to be able to create their Facebook AI version. So that they're able to chat and talk and and generate pictures of their supposed vacation, things like that, and share them with you in real time on social media. Mm. Uh, This is coming very soon. And when you couple that with what you're saying about the AI Jesus, Mm. um, there's going to be a level of deception coming that we've never seen before. Yeah, and the worst kind of deception, Shane, is self-deception when you don't even know you're being deceived. I mean, that's what really what gets me. Really, you know, we just say, "Come, Lord Jesus, uh, help us." I mean, this is just amazing. What what's uh, 
uh, what's happening before our very eyes. But, uh, you know, I want to end with reminding people, of course, that we know who wins in the end. Um, you know, God holds the power of life and death, not Satan. He's trying to create life through transhumanism. He's trying to defeat death through the same thing, transhumanism, and he won't be able to do it. God is ultimately uh, holds the power of life and death, and his eternal son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, defeated death, hell, and the grave when he rose from the dead. And uh, he, therefore, is the only one with the power of life to give life as a gift to those of us who are dead. And everyone is born a sinner, Ephesians 2.2. 2. We're all born dead in our trespasses and sins, and we need to be made alive, as Jesus told Nicodemus in that dark night when he had the conversation with him, uh, by faith. We need to believe in Jesus, and in that instant, we are reborn. We are quickened in the Spirit, and we have the gift of eternal life. And uh, so I'll leave you with this verse, uh, just as a way of encouragement, James chapter 4, verse 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. As you draw near to God, uh, he will draw near to you, James says. And so we want to encourage folks, if you know the Lord, stay close to him, abide in him. Uh, he's coming soon, and we want to be ready. Uh, if you don't know the Lord, I implore you, be reconciled to God today through faith in Jesus Christ. Th Shane, thank you so much uh, for being with, with us today. We'll We'll have you on again here soon. Thank you. Well, to everyone else, we say have a great weekend. Again, no podcast tomorrow. I need a break, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's just been crazy what, uh, what's been going on. But looking forward to the weekend, looking forward to worshiping at Plum Creek Chapel in the Denver metro area. You can join us in person if you're in that area or by live stream. Uh, and uh, check out notbyworks.org for the details on our live stream. Until then, God bless you, everyone. Have a great weekend.